The topic today is, what does the Lord require of us? Everybody repeat that with me. Say, what does the Lord require of us? Amen. I am uh, really excited uh, about this message, uh, and it's so important. Uh, in the book of Micah, uh, that was written, Micah prophesied about 700 years prior to Jesus. In Micah, the fifth chapter, Micah had the, 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 the privilege and honor of uh, really telling the people about Jesus Christ and where he's going to be born in the book of Micah. Micah was a minor prophet um, who uh, prophesied during a very interesting time. He prophesied to the children, the northern kingdom of Israel and Judah, the southern kingdom. So he, when he prophesied to them, what was going on in the land uh, was interesting because it was a time of peace. And in the time of peace, Things were going really, really well. And whenever there's peace, prosperity always follows, right? So they were very, very prosperous. The people was getting very, very wealthy, and things were going really well. Um, and money was being made, and cattle was increasing, and land was expanding. But the problem with prosperity in a time of peace and when people become very successful, the wealthy get wealthier, and the poor gets poorer. Right? So if you follow history, uh, the wealthy gets wealthy, uh, er, and the poor get poorer. So the gap gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And God never, ever intended for a gap to take place. Right? God intended for all of us really to operate under his regime, under the kingdom, knowing that everything belongs to him, and then he allowed us to manage his system. And so the people that he trusts, uh, he instills in it, hoping that you would do what you're supposed to do. Now, the children of Israel, uh, prior to Micah, the children of Israel uh, had got into, uh, into poverty. Uh, uh, and, well, they was in prosperity. They was doing really well. And then um, the, their leader died. And then a new pharaoh came in place. And this new pharaoh came, and he said, listen, these children of Israel is growing too fast. We need to do something. So they increased the task and all that. So the burden got so heavy uh, that God, they went to God and they told God, God, uh, uh, these people are not doing right by us. Right? We really need to be delivered. Uh, I'm paraphrasing for you. So God heard that cry and God sent Moses to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. Now, I want you guys to hear me well. Uh, God blessed the children of Israel to come out of Egypt and leave Egypt and come to a promised land where it was flowing with milk and honey, right? And they became very prosperous. Now, here's the problem. A lot of times, man, when God blesses us, we often forget about God blessing once we start doing well, right? And so, and God was always concerned about uh, social justice and spiritual, and he would make sure that they always work together. Um, righteousness is important. To God, God wanted everybody to know that he was supreme and that all of his people meant something to him, right? And so when you look at people and you deal with people, you deal with people, man, as though God has blessed them to be in your presence. 
So now Micah comes along and he's prophesied and things are going well and the children of Israel and, and, uh, and Judah, they were doing well and they would start to talk when you read Micah and, and Dennis read it earlier in, in verses 1 uh, through 8. Um, the children of Israel uh, were being successful and things going well and just like us, just like us today, we say, God, we give you our tithe. What else do you want? I come to church. I go to Bible study. I pray. I do all this. What else are you asking of me? So it's going to be interesting today uh, because Micah is going to really bring things front and center for us today. And I hope when you leave here today that your life will be transformed. And I want you to understand, man, God wants something special. So we're going to figure out, man, what is it that God requires of us? What is it that God wants from you? That's the message. What is it that God wants for you? And when I was younger, I, I, I didn't know, and I would ask the question, God, what, what is it that you want me to do? Uh, what, what, I go to church. I teach Sunday school. I teach Bible study. I, I go to church at 930 in the morning. I go at 11 o'clock. I go to YPWW. I go back to church that Sunday night. I go back on Thursdays, and then we, I mean on Fridays, and, and we repeat this cycle, Kim, and it was just going, and I was going to church so much, and I, I was saved through church, right? So I thought, so I thought doing all that stuff was really good. You know, so you're doing all those different things. God says, listen, I understand that you think it's important that you go to church. I know you think it's important that you pay your tithe, all right? But that's not really what I require of you, right? So when we deal with uh, Micah, is the screen keep popping? Bingo, here we go. Look at Micah chapter 6. And we want to bring this thing home. And I want everybody to look at it personally in your own life. Don't think about anybody else. Don't think about your cousin, your brother, your mama. Think about you and your relationship with God, what's going on, right? So this screen keep popping. Mine says something different, so I don't know what. It's an error keep popping up at Delangelo, and it's driving me nuts, but I'm going to work with it, right? Here's what it, All right. Everybody read, read. Well, now listen to what he says. Now, the question that they're asking God, because God is taking them to court, right, Pierre? God is taking them to court. He says, what is it, right, that you're requiring of us, God, right? Do we need to give you burnt offerings, right? Uh, should we bow before God most high, offering of, and yielding calves? And then listen to what he says in the next verse, verse 7. Read. So the question is, what is it that you need from me, God? Because I'm doing everything you ask me to do. What you want me to do? Offer my kid as a sacrifice to you? What do you want? We're doing everything that you ask us to do. Because every time uh, we get blessed, we think we're doing God a favor by what we do. When we come to church, we think we're doing God a favor by going to church. And we think that's what God wants from us, uh, us to come to church and praise the Lord, right? God is good. I, I, I checked it off my box that I go to church every Sunday, right? And God is not pleased with that. Uh, 
Now he's not, he's not angry with you, right? But then he says this in verse 8. This is what he says. What's the screen do what it's supposed to do? All right? Now, when you read this verse, I want you to pay close attention to what it says. All right? Read. Stop. He says, no. I don't want your sacrifice. I'm not interested in your type. I'm not interested in your attendance. Those things are important. You're supposed to do those things. Right? Everybody's supposed to do those things. Yeah, now, now keep that in mind. All right? Now keep reading. Freeze. Now you're going to find out what God requires of you. What is it that he wants you to do, man, in the kingdom of God? Because it's about God's kingdom. Remember, all the resources belong to him. No one comes to the Father except he draws them. So you didn't come to church on your own. You didn't come because somebody invited you. You came because God drew you. No man comes to the Father except I draw them. Now, this is important. Understand that. Now, here's what happens. He says, it's something that I need from you because I want to change the world. Now, before I get into this, I want you to understand God loves you so much, man, that he was willing to sacrifice his son for you. He was willing. And some of you all, God pulled you out of some mess just to get you into a relationship with him. You were in a mess. You're back where it gets the wall. And some of you all had so much, God took it away and gave it back to you again to see what you would do with his resources. He wanted to know, would you use what you have to impact the lives of other people? Because that's what it's all about. It's not about you coming here worshiping and praising God and, Lord, I love you and all that. What is it that I require of you? What is it that he wants from you? All right? Now, here's what he says. Now, my whole, what's up there is not what's on here. So I just want you to bear with me because I, I, my, this is, I'm, my, my, what? Because my spirit is off because this thing is, this iPad is driving me nuts. Right? So get your Bibles. For those who have Bibles, go on your iPad, whatever, because I can't even move the screen. Go, go get your, go to Micah chapter 6. And then, Jay, somebody just move me, right? Here's what he says. Oh, he said, no. Thank you. Thank you, grandson. I love you. You are right with me. See what I'm saying? I should have named you after me. He is Arthur the Third, but he says, No, old people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you. The first thing he says is to do what is what? He wants you, Diamond, to do what is right. Then he says this, to love mercy. Don't just like it, Pierre. I want you to love it. Then he says, and to walk humbly with your God. Now, in that, now when he's talking, he's in the Old Testament, and he's telling them they rich, they prosperous, everything going good, they got money, they got all that. He said, that's not what I require of you. He said, what I require of you is do what is right. And you know what is right 
but you refuse to do. The children of Israel, their forefathers, knew what was right. But if you read scripture, they put their ear, fingers in their ears and they didn't want to hear what God had to say. So they ignored what scripture said. I know what the Bible say, right? But I'm not going to do what the Bible say. I'm going to do what I want to do. So I'm going to cheat. I'm going to steal. I'm going to lie. I'm going to do all those things. All right? Now, it's important. In Matthew chapter 23, in verse 23, here's what it says in the New Living Translation. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? He said, you hypocrites. The reason why he called them hypocrites, because they were play actors. They, they put on a show in front of everybody else, but they really, their heart was somewhere else. Then he said, this is, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb or garden. He says, you, you're tithing, and you think you're impressing me. Then he says this, but you ignore the more important aspect of the law. Now, I know you tithe. I know you go to church. He says, but you need to understand what the word says. He says, so you ignore the most important part. Well, what is that? Well, it's your tithing, y'all. It's worship. It's working. He says, no, that's not it. Here's what he says. Justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important thing. Everybody said doing right. Don't nobody have to tell you what's right and wrong. Because God is going to tell you what's right and wrong. I want you to hear me well. People get bent out of shape when things happen to them. But all you have to do is be honest with yourself. If you do wrong, don't expect right to follow. God is going to bless you, and when he bless you, he don't want you to put your confidence in yourself. He told us, man cannot love God and money. He said, you can't do it. Uh, he said, because it'll get you in some serious trouble, because when, you, when the rubber hit the road, you're going to love your money more than God. Now, so he tells us, everybody said, do what's right. Now, I know what's right. Right? Now, the government set us up. This is a sidebar. They set us up. They set us up, man, because I think the pandemic was a whole full of BS. But I think the whole thing, man, was really, man, to take us away from God. Hear me out. They shut the churches down. They told people they could not worship. They gave people money and said, you don't have to work. Hear me out. They gave you more money not to work as when you was working. The government gave so much money out. They took honest people and made them liars. People who God had blessed because they love money more than God, they applied for PP whatever loans when they know they didn't have a business. And they not just people, churches did it. Right? Because God said, I'm going to put y'all to test. I'm going to see if y'all really, really truly 
going to do what is right. Now, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a job making $35 an hour, $40. I'm going to give you everything you need. And then I'm going to put this, I'm going to swing this bait out here, and I'm going to see if you're going to bite it. And people who say they love the Lord with all their heart and all their mind and all their soul, and they were speaking in tongues and they were dancing, they had a business that they did not have. They created all these businesses. Now listen, and so, and we did it. Now here's the thing. It was people, now listen, I'm telling you what I know, not what I heard. People were doing stuff that they had no business doing. Right? Uh, because uh, God says, I want to know if you love me, do you really believe that I'm the source of all of this? And I'm the king. He says, so what I require you is uh, to just do right and then watch me bless you if you do right. Amen. Then he says, uh, it's important because you're going to be put in a situation where you have to make a decision. And it's going to be a tight decision because money going to be involved and it's going to be a lot of it. And then you're going to be in charge of it and you're going to get to make decisions and they want to know, man, can you be trusted to make a decision? And if you can't be trusted, y'all hear me out. Here you are. Then you got to ask yourself a question, man. Do I love him? Or is it about me? He says, now, some people say, well, you know, I paid my tithes on it. God said, you can't pay. Really, the tithe was mine. You can't steal my money and think you can give it back to me. Well, you know, we're laughing, y'all. You, you can't apply for a PPO loan, get $10,000, and get God 1000 and think you paid him his tithe on stolen money and want him to bless you on his money you stole from him. Because it was all his. He said, you stole my money and think you're going to get in good with me by giving me some, my, a 10% of mine back. That you stole from me. Because you knew you didn't have a business. He said, you knew what you was doing. Everybody said, do right. He said, you got to do right in your marriage. You have to do what's right in your marriage. You can't make a vow and not keep your vow and then expect God to bless you. You can't have an affair and think you can just come in, I, I, Lord, forgive, forgive me. No, you got to repent and turn. It's important, he said, because you got to do what's right. He said, because listen to me. What I require of you is to make right choices. Now, now you're going to get mad at somebody and, and feel like you justify and you can do what you can do. Well, she did this here, so I did this here. Only reason I did, no, because you have a king who gave you his instructions in his word how to live. So he's requiring you, I bless you, some of you are living in homes that you didn't build. Right? You got cars that you know you wouldn't have never been able to afford to have, but God bless you to have them. You got clothes and, and shoes and, and you got nice jobs and, 
some of you guys are supervisors and your bosses, you've been promoted and, and God has blessed you and you didn't even deserve it. You don't even have no education. But you're in supervisor positions. Because God gave you favor. Because he wanted the righteous in every area. So when you made a commitment to him and told him you love him with all your heart, he said, okay, I can put so-and-so over here because I know they're righteous. They've been vetted. Now, I got to do what's right because my friend going to come and ask me to change the documents. Now I got to make a decision. Do I love God or do I love my friend? You know, that's my girl, though. I got to look out for her. Everybody said do what's right. So that's the first thing he requires of us. He says, listen, you know, don't nobody have to tell you because I built my spirit in you. He said, I put it in you when you was in your mother's womb. You know what's right. It's just a matter of whether you want to do what's right or do you love money more than you love me. Or are you self-centered? It's all about what I want. You know, uh, I, it's, it's just what God shouldn't have made me like this. Here. I heard somebody, uh, a couple who was, uh, they, was they, wouldn't, they weren't married and they were together. You know, they wanted to have sex. And all of a sudden they were doing it and they were trying to justify it. He said, well, God shouldn't have put the desire in me. Why would he give you something and then tell you you can't do it? That's because you get to make a choice. He want to know if you want to do right or do wrong. So when you're selfish, man, it's about you. So now you go ahead and do it, and then you get all upset and been out of shape when things go wrong. And they're going wrong, right? I just want you, it's just a matter of when. They may not show up now, but when you do wrong, it shows up later. Sometimes it's delayed. You know, I, I, I had a bariatric surgery in 99, and uh, I was 440 pounds. Sexy, though, 440. I was sexy, though. You know what I'm saying? I was 440 pounds. So, so uh, uh, what Chris, what I would do, I would eat, you know, after I had my bariatric surgery, and I would eat something, and uh, I knew I wasn't supposed to eat it. Now, and so what I would do, I would eat it, and I was cool, Pierre, right? For about a, and about an hour later, I'm doubled up in knots. I, I mean, I, like I'm having a baby. And the pain is so bad that I'm breaking down in cold sweat. And Ardina used to have sympathy on me. And then they call her, and she said, okay, he'll be all right. He knew better. I knew what was right, but my appetite, I knew I shouldn't have ate the sugar, and I knew I shouldn't have the candy bar and the pop. But I wanted it. So I did what was wrong, and I had to pay, the, and I listened. I felt good for the first couple hours. It always had a delayed reaction. When you do wrong, you think you got away with it, then later on down the road, it shows up. And you're like, I don't understand why I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with. God said, yes, you do. And he's going to remind you what you did. Right? So he try, that's why he tell you up front. Listen, don't do it. You don't know, oh, but I got to do this. too good of a deal right here. I got to swing this one. Don't do it. But I get a better deal. Don't do it. Oh, God, I understand what you're saying. But this is too good of a, too sweet of a deal. So you do it. Right? Everybody said, right. You got to do what's right. That's the first thing he requires you. The next thing he says is to, uh, to love mercy. He says, listen to me. Now, I want to, this is important. Now, my iPad, this. So my iPad ain't controlling that. So I'm, I just got to read this to you, right? So 
uh, the love mercy. We must have a compassionate, warm-hearted love for other people. Now, what happens is when you have to love mercy, now, it's important. When you have to love mercy, that means I know you did something wrong, right? Uh, but I need to have compassion on you, right? Now, here's the thing. Now, I know you don't want to do it. He said, but the reason why it's so important is because you're going to do something wrong and you're going to need somebody to have compassion on you. You're going to do something, man, when you should be taken down. You should lose your job. Your family should walk away from you. Your husband should leave you. Your wife should leave you. But mercy allows them to stay. And it allows them to give you another chance because you deserve to lose your job. Your kid deserves not to ever speak to you again. But because of mercy, they do. He said, now you get an opportunity to, to practice love and mercy. So it's hard for me to talk about you and wish bad things on you when I want the best for you. Even though I know you made a mistake, right? And that's what the guy, he's trying to get the kingdom right. He says, so now listen, you got to love mercy. Because the children of Israel, because once you get successful, you don't have no mercy for nobody. They should have did it on their own. They knew what was going on. That's because you're doing good. Let things start going bad for you. You want everybody to have mercy on you. You want everybody to give you a break. Give me another chance. You know, you know I messed up, right? That's why he put it in there. He said, listen, children of Israel, children of the kingdom, understand that I want you to love, not like mercy, I want you to love it. He said, I want to change your mind. I want you transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want you to understand mercy and love it. When they mess up, put your arms around them. Man, how many young ladies in this audience right here today uh, had a baby uh, out of wedlock, uh, and they was hurt, and then somebody didn't want to talk about, and they put. You just needed somebody to put their arm around you and love you through it. And some people, she knew she would have loved fast. You know what? She shouldn't have been. And they, you ain't gonna tell nobody that you did it. You just didn't get pregnant because he had mercy on you. You got away with it in college, or you just used a pill and did get pregnant, right? So, so you high and mighty. And, and, and think you're righteous uh, when God know the truth. So then he reminds you that you need to have mercy. Right? Uh, it's important because you're representing him. That's why Jesus came and he loved those who most people did not love. Because what he said, I didn't come for the righteous. He said, I came for the people that were sick, the ones who was unrighteous. Now listen to me. That's why when he saved you, he wanted you to know you're going to be dealing with people, not the ones you think so saved. Well, they go to my church. They're part of my church. He said, no, I want you to go to the ones who don't know who Jesus is, and I want you to love them so much. Let your light so shine that your light will show them the pathway to God. Right? And so you let your light so shine that they may see your good works and then glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So I know you messed up and all that, but I'm the light of the world. So when I come to you, I'm trying to show you by my love how to get back into relationship because I was out there and I was lost, didn't know what I was going to do, and God saved me. And I don't care who you are, somebody had mercy on you. Yeah, some of you, some of you all, you should have got expelled from school, but you didn't. You, you know what happened. 
You, you should have been dead when they caught you, but you didn't. And I know you're saved now and you're sanctified and your Holy Ghost filled, but you know, when you went to the gunfight with a knife, you should have got killed. But he blessed you to escape. Right? You know, you went in the boardroom and lied. You didn't get a number. You know, you smudged the numbers. And if they had to find out that you was lying on the numbers, you would have lost the whole deal. But, but mercy. Everybody said mercy. That's why you got to love it. You got to love it, right? He said, you got to, everybody said, love mercy. mercy. You you have to love it, right? Now, it's important, and I'm going to wrap this thing up. And he talks this here. This is the thing he says is important, right? Uh, He says, and walk humbly. Everybody say humbly. He said, you got to walk humbly before God. Everybody say humbly. Listen to James. James says, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. This is James chapter 4. But John, in 1 John, he gets a little deeper. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 through 9, it says, But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we should have fellowship with each, with each other. Right? And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all our sins. That's if we walk in the light. That means if I'm walking according to God's kingdom, Because I got to live according to God's kingdom. Then he says this. If we claim to have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Right? So I have to be honest, man, of who I am and my relationship with him if I'm going to walk humbly. I got to know I I got to die to me and come alive to him. Right? Then he says this. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. It's important if I, for us to walk humbly, we got to admit that we sin. Right? And, and, and part of walking humbly is I love you guys so much that I got to let you know that I know the way I'm walking is wrong. I know what I'm doing is wrong. Right? I'm going to spend time in the Word so I can know how to walk. I can know how to move because that's so important. All right? Because he wants you to uh, understand the, the closer you are to him, the better you are to people. You know, some people talk this stuff, and they, they talk it, and they think they're deep. You, don't, you can't fool me. You can talk deep. You can quote scripture. All I got to do is just step back and watch you, how you deal with people. Then I'm going to know, is, is your worship for real? You know, you just put on a show, right? Because he said, they're going to know. Just wait for a while. He said, they're going to show up in your love. Because don't, your gifts, because you're able to do things because you're gifted, don't really tell anything. Because the church of Corinth was doing a lot of good stuff. And they had all kind of gifts and they was working. But Paul had to tell them, he said, listen to me. God gave you the gift for the edifying of the body of Christ. And he said, but I need you to add to your gift love. Right? He said, the love is so important. Why? He said, because love is really about people. It's about forgiving it's about doing what's right. Right? That's what love is. Right? It's about mercy. Right? He says it's so important. So you got to understand, what does he require? Number one, he requires me to do what's right every single time. You know, uh, have you ever dealt with somebody that they do something wrong? Then somebody else do something wrong to them. 
and they get mad at them and don't want to, you know, they get mad at them, right? But they don't want to admit that what they did was wrong too. Right? But here's the, here, I want you to hear me. God can't bless you when you do something wrong and you know it's wrong. It's good, man. This is good. God can bless you and there's no pain behind it. Right? Here's what happens. I do something that I know is wrong and I get with you and we collaborate on it and we do something wrong together then I get ticked off at you because we get caught. Or you cross me. Now listen, this is really good. Or I thought you were going to be real with me. Ooh. I thought you were going to be real with me, Johnny. Uh, when in reality, I knew you was a crook when I went to bed with you. you. I already knew you was a crook, man, before I went into partnership with you. Right? And so I get down, and I'm thinking, oh, we can pull this thing off because it's a benefit to me. But in the end, I promise you, in the end, they're going to bite you because they're a crook and you're a crook. I, I told my son one time, I'll never forget, uh, he, you know, he was doing some stuff, and he had some money, and, you know, he was, you know, he was handling, he had some money, and he got high, right? And his friend clipped him. For those who don't know, that's an old term. That means he stole your money while you were asleep. That <laughs> like, was clipping me. Teresa laughing because she clipped a couple. <laughs> Listen, Teresa, I got a couple of them. They thought they were gone. I got them. I got them. Right. So, so I was telling her, I was telling AJ, you know, he said, man, dad, man, somebody stole my money. I said, yeah, it was your friend that you was riding with. He was a crook and you was a crook. You forgot he was a crook. So when he got low on his funds, he clipped you. Because I promise you, I don't care how close your friend think, y'all think y'all are, get broke and get high. They're going to steal it and tell you somebody else stole it. And it's going to be a bit, you, it's because, because it's criminal. Right? And you want a criminal to be saved. Until they give their life to the Lord, they controlled by Satan. So you're doing stuff, and then you get mad because God exposed you. Right? So what God want to do, he said, now listen, today is the day that you get it right. He said, I want you to start doing what's right. He said, I want you to have some mercy. I want you to love mercy because there's some people who should be taken out. Uh, they, you, I mean, you should never have nothing to do with them no more. You should wash your hands with them. He said, but I want you to think about how I didn't wash my hands with you. I want you to know how I had mercy with you. He said, the reason I had mercy on you is because I needed you to have mercy on somebody else. Now, Satan is going to try to remind you what God didn't do. Then God is going to remind you what he did do. And then you're going to be torn between it. Now, if you don't follow the word and do what's right, you're going to do what Satan said, and I am, I'm done with you. I'm, I'm done with you. But remember, you did it to somebody else, and God gave mercy on you. That's why we have to love mercy, right, and do what's right. And the only way that happens, he anchors it. Here's how he anchors it. The only way it happens, man, you have to walk humbly before the Lord. You have to give your life to God 
and really let God be the Lord of your life. You have, Paul said, like I said, you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to think different. Johnny, you got to be born again. Now, you have to be born again. You have to reprogram yourself. You have to take the word of God, and it's an antivirus. It cleans out the computer system because you got a virus. And the word of God is an antivirus. It comes in, and it gets that virus out just so your computer can run right. So now you can think straight. So now when you push the button, all kind of pop-ups don't come up. That's what the word of God do for you. So when the little, when the, so when the little thing pops up, you know, a girl, you, you still, you know, you can, you can, you can make this hustle. I know you're kind of low. It, it won't come up. The word of God shuts it down. When the phone call rings, it shuts it down. I, I don't want to talk to you. Do what's right. I want everybody to think about it. So don't, you don't blame anybody else. This is for you. I got to do what's right. I got to love mercy because I need mercy, and God had mercy on me, so now I got to love. Because we're going to change this world. Because if you don't do it, I will. That's how you got to think. I'm going to do my part. So when you leave here, you say, okay, I'm going to have an opportunity. And Kim, I'm mad at you because you told me you didn't do right because you told me you are going to sing for me today. Yeah, yes, do wrong. Now you got to do right. You want to come sing right now? No. Just mess with me. Uh, man, I thought Kim was going to sing my solo there. All right, now, it's important. Right? I just said she's just in my line of view, right? It's, it's important, people, to do what's right, love mercy, and walk humbly before God. And then you get to see everything change. Your marriage will change. Your relationship with your children will change. Your relationship with your job will change. But you have to practice those things. Everybody said practice. practice. You have to practice it. I told my grandson, um, uh, he was playing basketball, and he was shooting, and the ball wouldn't go in. I said, Jay, I said, your, your fundamentals is off. I said, you got a flying elbow, right? I said, you taking it, you whipping it, and then now you, you don't have to, you're a little bitty fella, and you ain't doing no exercise to get your leg strong, and your shot is in your leg, not in your arm. So you're trying to compensate your shot with your arms when it's really in your legs. So you try to shoot, and you're shooting air ball because you're trying to shoot with your hand, and the ball is out of line. You got to go back to the basics, son. You got to go in the gym, know the fundamentals. Listen to me. You have to go back to when God first saved you. And when you was, when you were serious about reading your Bible, you were serious about praying because God had delivered you from something that was so great that you needed him, and he did it. And when he did it, you were so grateful, right? But then as soon as God stopped blessing, things not going well, Satan let you slip away. Everybody said, I got to come on back because it's not about me. It's about the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Everybody stand to your feet. And let your light so shine that men may see your good works and then glorify your Father which is in heaven. And you have an opportunity today, man, to be a difference maker. But you can't be a difference maker without humbling yourself to God. Without humble yourself to God, you want your business to flourish? Humble yourself. You want your marriage to work? Humble yourself. You want your relationship with your kids to get better? Humble yourself. Right? Uh, and then, and when you do it, God going to give you opportunity to have mercy. He's going to put you in a situation where you get to have mercy on somebody. Then have mercy. They're going to deserve the worst, but you give them the best. Amen? 
And you got to be, here's the big one. We're gonna close. You got to forgive. Everybody say forgive. forgive. If you don't forgive, God going to keep on reminding you I ain't going to forgive you. That's the key to mercy. That's the, that's the master key to mercy. Forgiveness. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for each person here today. I thank you, Lord, how you blessed us and you brought us out of extreme poverty and you've given us shelter, you've given us jobs, you've given us housing, you blessed us with clothes, you blessed us, Lord, like we thought we would never get out of that situation, but you brought us out. And boy, are we ever blessed. We are so blessed. Lord, we don't want to be so blessed that we forget you. And we forget you by, I know, I know, Lord, I know, by forgetting our brothers and our sisters and our neighbors and the people you put in our path. But give us your desire for them. Lord, increase our love for people. Lord, let us walk in righteousness so people can see us and they want to hear our voice as we share you to them. Touch us right now in the name of Jesus. If there's anyone out there that don't know you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to press your spirit into their heart right now. Let them say today is the day that they're going to give their life to you. Or this is the day they're going to rededicate their life, recommit themselves to you. Bless right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you don't know Jesus and you want to have a relationship with him, uh, you can come forward. If you're embarrassed in front of everybody, you can put it on a card, and we're going to reach out to you and call you. But I, I ask you to come up here so someone can pray with you. Can we get some prayer words up here? So someone can pray with you. It can be a quick prayer. They don't, have to, they don't have to squeeze your hand and run you out of here. They just want to pray with you, right? So as those who come in for prayer or you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, um, the altar is open for you. As we get ready to depart this place, but we're never, ever going to depart God's presence, he's with us everywhere we go. I want you guys to love God today. Make a commitment to him today. But as you prepare to give your finances, understand that your finances is not your finances. It's God's finances. And he asks you to give according to how God has blessed you. And some of you all are just amazing. But some of you all really tip God and you want God to bless you. And so you're not doing right by God because the word tells you that you need to pay your tithe and offering and give according to how God has blessed you. Listen, he give according to how God has blessed you, and you give God according to how, I don't know, when the way he blessed you, because he blessed you to have a nice job and beautiful homes and all that, and you don't do it. But you got to do it his way, because God is watching you. And he trusted you, and he gave you the resource to see what you're going to do with it. And he wants you to do the right thing. Lord, bless the offering. Bless those who have to give. And all those who think they don't, show them where they have so much to give. Everybody has something to give, from the little kid to the dog. Everybody has something to give back to God according to what you have blessed them with. Thank you, and we praise you. Lord, and as we leave this place, never your presence, let your Holy Spirit go with each one of us until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. You may be dismissed. You can give online. You know how to do it. Amen.